to the dark room this time out i'm going to talk about a couple things i've been watching on roku and uh talk about some dvds i've been buying lately so why are we doing no i don't thought you probably would time travel or metal detecting is the closest you'll get to time travel see Archaeologists, they gather up the facts, piece the jigsaw together, work out how we lived and find the buildings we lived in. But what we do is, that's different. We unearth the scattered memories, mind the stories, fill in the personality. Detectorists. We're time travelers. Now, when I say things I've been watching on Roku, this first thing I'm going to talk about, it started when um, I mentioned to a coworker that I've been watching videos on YouTube from a guy named Aqua Chigger. At least that's the name of his channel. His name is Bo We Met, and he does um, metal detecting on YouTube. He does videos where he shoots himself metal detecting and um, he calls himself Aqua Chigger. And you can, and actually he puts videos on now on Facebook and YouTube. But um, when I first started watching, he's been doing this for like 10 years. And when I first started watching his videos, all of the ones I watched at the beginning were ones where he's in rivers in the South. He lives in Virginia, West Virginia. Um, I'm not that familiar with that part of the country, but um, he sounds slightly Southern. And with the name Bo We Met, it's, uh, where is the spelling? Oh, it's O-U-I-M-E-T-T-E. So it, uh, it he has like a, you know, kind of a Cajun sounding name. And he lives in Virginia, I think. And uh, he... Like I said, when I first started finding his videos, watching his videos on YouTube, he would be um, kind of waist deep in a river in somewhere in near Virginia or south of that um, metal detecting with a waterproof metal detector and waterproof headphones and digging through the dirt under the water. And some videos he would do where he'd be in scuba gear and he would be um, searching the bottoms of rivers for stuff that um, canoers or tubers would have dropped. Like he shows, he's found quite a few um, GoPro cameras, uh, just other digital cameras. He finds all kind of iPhones. Sometimes they're in waterproof bags and still working, at least able to be used because it, you know, they've been underwater long enough where the battery's dead. But um, the bag has held, it's stayed watertight or airtight, whatever, 
and uh, the, he can charge the phone and use it. And it's funny because he tries to get, like if he finds credit cards and money and 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 uh, cell phones, he tries to get them back to the owners. But when he calls credit card companies, they give him a lot of trouble because they don't want to give him the information of whose cards they are so he can send them back to him. So I, you know, I would, I wonder why he doesn't just keep the money and the stuff because he's found it. It's, it's been lost. I'm sure credit cards, especially they've been reported missing. It looks like a lot of the stuff he's found has been underwater a year or more. You know, this modern stuff, he finds all kind of sunglasses, sometimes really nice sunglasses too. Um, but, uh, that's when I would find his his videos early on. He was always in water. And then later, he, you know, like, what later I would find videos where he's out of the water, but it seems like, you know, he goes with the seasons, like he's in the water in the summer, and then he metal detects, like, in fields during the winter because it's too cold to be in the water, even though where he's at doesn't get super cold. You know, it doesn't, it may snow, it looks like, but it doesn't snow that often or whatever because when he's out he'll he'll be on rivers in the winter magnet fishing where he's in his boat and he's dropping a magnet tied to a rope to try to grab metal things off the bottom of a river and he'll say oh you know it's too cold to go in the water right now but he's wearing a light jacket so it's not that cold but the water must get colder in the winter but the air doesn't seem that cold where where he's at but uh you know, like I said, later he, I would see him doing stuff where he's going through the woods, metal detecting, finding old homesteads in the woods. And his big thing is finding Civil War artifacts, like he finds muskets and and bayonets and swords and buttons. He finds a lot of buttons and a lot of buckles from Civil War belts and things. And uh, it was interesting because at work I was mentioning this. And um, one of my co-workers told me about a show that was on the BBC, I'm pretty sure, um, called Detectorists. And um, yeah, BBC Four it was on. And uh, he told me about, because I was talking about aqua chigger metal detecting, and he said, oh, if you like metal detecting, there's this show called Detectorists you should check it out. And it's a British show. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. I'll check it out. Not really sure if I was going to or not, but uh, I ended up checking it out. I went to the library, local library's website and searched it. And I put the entire series on hold. Here we say seasons every year of a show. And in Britain, they say every season is a series so it went three seasons three series in england i think there were six episodes each and uh the second season or series also had a christmas special um but i put it on hold um all three seasons or series at the library and it came in on dvd and i watched them all it was a pretty quick world watch they're not super long they may be an hour per um, episode, but maybe even shorter. Um, I don't see a duration. I'm watching one right now on Roku. Um, that's where we get to Roku. It's... Oh, I can't tell how long it is on Roku. When I pause, it doesn't... I don't see the duration. 
Oh, wait, it's been going for 16 minutes and it goes 12 minutes more. So it's 28. So it's like 30 minutes, it seems like. Don't don't quote me on that, though. I'm just guessing. But um, I got all three seasons on DVD and watched them pretty quick. You know, that's like 19 episodes at less than an hour each. And it's it's a fun show. It um, the description on Wikipedia is the series is set in the fictional small town of Danbury and North Essex, and the plot revolves around the lives, loves, and detecting ambitions of Andy and Lance, members of the Danbury Metal Detecting Club, the DMDC, and uh, it it's kind of I always when I when I talk about my, um, one my favorite uh, Canadian comedy show. Corner Gas, I say it's a combination of uh, Northern Exposure and Seinfeld. And this is kind of a the same thing. It's kind of Northern Exposure and Seinfeld because it's, it's in a place you're not familiar with, like Northern Exposure is set in Alaska. This is set in, in England and kind of in, in the, um, rural England. And then it's a lot of people standing around just talking about stuff that isn't really, it's just, they're chatting just like in Seinfeld um, where Lance and uh, Andy will be walking through a field um, metal detecting. And then they'll start talking about a game show, like, you know, uh, some show that's kind of like jeopardy in England on television. And so they'll just talk about random things that have nothing to do with anything. And it's just interesting and one thing that kind of hooked me from the beginning is Lance, one of the main characters, is played by Toby Jones, and I've seen him in quite a few movies. So he he was the only person I recognized in the cast, Toby Jones. The main, the other main character, Andy, is played by a guy named Mackenzie Crook. He's a British actor, and he is the creator, writer, and director, and co-star of The Detectorists. I had never heard of him before this, but he was a character on the British office, and I've never seen the British version of The Office. I've watched a lot of the American version, but I've never seen the British. And when this, when I when I got into The Detectorists, I tried to find the British office, and um, it wasn't on YouTube. I mean, um, on uh, Netflix. I'm going to look for to see if it's if there's any British Office shows on uh, net or on YouTube. Best of the Office series one, ten minutes. Office UK. Ah, there seems like there might be clips from the UK Office on YouTube. They're like three minutes. 10 minutes. There's a documentary that's 40 minutes about the UK office. So I have to try it out. He was one of the characters on the UK version of the office, the original version of the office. Um, from what it seems like, he's almost like the Dwight kind of character, but I'm not positive. I don't even know if there are direct, um, if the U US version is just a direct copy of, of um, the UK version. So I don't know if there is a Dwight in the uh, UK version. What's going on there? Oh, but one thing really neat about the show is, is they do do a lot of metal detecting. Like what my friend had said, um, you know, if you like Aqua Chigger, you might like the detectorists. The first season or series has a lot of Lance and Andy walking around in the fields and it's beautiful scenery. 
um, walking around the fields and metal detecting. And usually, the joke is usually that they don't find anything. They find pull tabs from cans. I don't know how long ago in England, or if they ever did, they went away from the pull tab on a beer can or pop can that comes off directly. Um, I know... I know I'm not even positive when they went away in this country, went to the ones where when you pop the can open and the, the tab stays on. Cause I remember as a kid going to like relatives houses and they would have chains of pull tabs from their beer cans. They'd make chains out of them and hang, have them hanging from the trees in the backyard. So that was the seventies. So it, as late as the seventies, I know we had those pull tabs that pulled off. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it, I know in the eighties we had the modern cans already when I was in high school. So somewhere between the seventies and mid eighties, early to mid eighties, we switched, but that's the joke on the show is they find junk usually, you know, like the, the one I was just watching was episode two, I think of the first season. And they find matchbox cars out in fields in England. And that's the joke is how did a American, you know, car, cause they find like a Ford Mustang and a Dodge Charger or a Dodge or Pontiac Firebird, I think is one. It's like, how do they find these American ca- toy cars in a field in England? But the biggest joke is, you know, Lance will find these pull tabs and he keeps them in a baggie and he says he sells them on eBay. So. And on Aqua Sugar, he doesn't find, like, he'll find junk a lot. You know, like, he'll find old horseshoes or half a horseshoe. But he'll find, um, his big thing he finds is historic buttons from coats and things. You know, he'll find, he finds fancy stuff, too, like, you know, um, old coins and, and belt buckles from the Civil War and things like that. But more often than not, he finds a melted piece of lead or an old button. But it's not... You know, he he is all excited because he's there for historic stuff. So if he finds anything historic, even if it's a button, he's all excited. Where on the detectorists, they get excited about everything they find, but they find a lot of pull tabs from cans. And then Lance will pull out a little loop that he puts on his eye, and he looks at the tab and he says, and he'll say the brand and the date it's from. I don't know if they have that printed on the loops or on the pull tabs, you know, stamped on them. Or if he's just become such an expert on them <laughs> that he knows all about um, pull tabs and their history. Because there's, there's a joke on the show when the uh, Danbury Metal Detecting Club gets together for meetings. They'll have lectures. That, and uh, Terry, I think it is, is the president of the club. And he will give lectures on buttons, like buttons through the ages, because he's found so many buttons. He's like an expert on buttons. <laughs> So, um, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, and I did, I watched all of the shows on, um, DVD. Oh, and like I said, the, the main guy I remember, I recognized was Toby Jones, but Mackenzie Crook now I know from the show because he's, you know, the guy who wrote, who created, writes, wrote everything, directed everything and co-stars. But another guy named Adam Ricks, Rich, Riches or Ricks? Um, he, he is another actor that I recognize because he, um, Adam Riches, R-I-C-H-E-S, he's a, he plays, um, Lance's ex-wife's boyfriend who's a manager of a pizza hut. And I, well, that's the thing is I never knew they had pizza hut in England. Uh, so I learned that or something, um, there, 
But um, he is a character in Paddington 2, the, of the current, the recent Paddington movies, Paddington the Bear. Um, he plays a security guard at a art gallery that um, is hilarious. And he, he plays a character on the, on the on Detectorists um, called Garfunkel. <laughs> um, he, uh, oh, actually, no. Um, he, I'm wrong. Um, Adam Riches plays, you know, Maggie's or um, Lance's ex-wife's boyfriend. There, there's a, I'm, there's a scene on right now where there are two guys that keep showing up on this property that Lance and Andy have the rights to detect metal detect on, and uh, they look like Simon and Garfunkel. One's tall and blonde, and one's short and dark-haired. And oh, Simon Farnby. I think is the guy who plays um, Garfunkel. I think, yeah, yeah, because Paul says Paul Cesar Cesar C A S A R is Paul Lee on the show, and that's the guy who plays the Paul Simon looking guy, and Simon Farnby is is the guy who plays Garfunkel. They're they're like the bad guys of the show. Because they're from a rival metal detecting um, group called the Antiqua Searchers, and uh, Lance and Andy can't stand them, and they're like their uh, their nemesises, nemeses. And there, that's the thing. Is in the first season, my my favorite of the three seasons or series is is the first season because the least amount happens in the first season. It's a lot of Andy and Lance hanging out, either metal detecting or hanging out on the way to metal detecting or um just kind of talking about nothing and you get to you get to really meet you meet and really get to know these characters and so you really like them so you, it's like they're two friends of yours and you're just hanging out with them kind of like watching Seinfeld where Seinfeld's just you know he and George or Kramer or Elaine, Elaine are just talking about nothing and it's like that on this, except like in Northern Exposure, they're, you know, it's visually well done and it's kind of quirky and it's in a visually interesting place. Just like on Corner Gas, they're in Saskatchewan in a, in a place called Dog River and around a gas station, you know, in a small town. So it's, it's kind of exotic for us. I'm sure for people in, in England watching it on the BBC, um, it may not be as exotic, although if you guess if you live in London or a big city in England, this is all out in the countryside. So you get to see some interesting stuff. And, you know, England has a, thousands of years of history. You know, they're always looking for Saxon gold and, um, and you know, ancient Roman stuff. Whereas, you know, when Aqua Chigger looks for stuff on his YouTube channel, he, you know, he finds stuff that's, you know, hundreds of years old at most. 150 something like that that's his joke always is you know it's that's if something's not even as old as him or older than him and uh but his thing is always he wants civil war stuff whereas on here they want thousand year old stuff and sometimes aqua sugar will travel around the world like there are videos of him metal detecting in in uh, on battlefields in russia which was really interesting because he was finding or people were finding american shells from American bullets from World War II and the Americans didn't fight in these battles here this was Russia versus Germany at this point in this location and you know he said with the Lend-Lease 
I think it was called, um, we gave or sold or lent or whatever, you know, um, equipment to countries around the world in World War II to help them fight against Germany and Japan and Italy. And uh, so that's how our ammunition got there is because we gave it to them or sold it to them or whatever. So, so and then aqua chigger I've seen in England, in the UK, um, metal detecting, because he, he's a kind of an aqua chigger bow we met, is a, uh, he's a uh, kind of a, what is a spokesman or something for um, a type, a brand of metal detectors. What is it? Garrett, I think, is the ones he uses. And so they, he must, they must be a sponsor because he will go around the world metal detecting using his Garrett metal detector in competitions, but he's not really there to compete. He's there kind of as a, as a celebrity spokes guy guest. And uh, it was funny because they introduced him in the Russian one. And it's like, everyone's looking at him like, who, who are you? <laughs> so I, although some people knew who he was, but he, he's not as big. It doesn't seem like he was as big of a deal in Russia as he is in, uh, England. The English people seemed to know him and had Aqua Chigger t-shirts and stuff, and he has Aqua Chigger hats. And it was funny in the Russian one. Um, sorry, I'm jumping all over, but uh, they're related at least because of the metal detecting. Uh, in the Russian one, everyone's trying to get him to do shots of vodka, and these Russian guys are just crazy. And you could tell they could drink a lot of vodka because <laughs> he and a couple other Americans uh, had to kind of take a walk and do some metal detecting because it was getting to be too much. It's like they, they, they were, one guy was joking that he said after he had to take a break after like 16 shots cause it was getting to be too much. And I don't know if you can, I couldn't do 16 shots of vodka. So uh, I think he was joking, but these Russian guys seem like they could, they were pretty crazy. So, and it seemed really uh, like a fun time, actually, when when he was with the Russian guys. And then in England, the guys seemed a lot more serious in the, in England when he was metal detecting. But, you know, it's these these old farm fields, and uh, they're finding, you know, Roman coins and things. So that that would be amazing. And like on like I'm looking at a picture on um, on Instagram on Aqua Chigger's Instagram page. And after each day's dig, he will, on the videos especially, but it looks like on Instagram too, because I'm not as familiar with his Instagram site, he'll post a picture of everything he's found. And, you know, in this picture, he's got his joke thing that he finds is shotgun shells. And he calls it um, the 12th, Georgia 12th, because it says GA 12, you know, get 12 gauge basically on the, on the ends of the shotgun shells. And he'll joke that that's the the Georgia, the 12th Georgia regiment or something, you know, but that's the thing in this picture. He's got all kinds, he's got like 15, um, shotgun shells, but the plastic, well, these must, might be older. I think shotgun shells used to be paper, like cardboard, and then now they're plastic. So he finds these old shotgun shells where it's just the metal cap and the, you know, the paper has melted away because it's been in the ground or the plastic has melted away. And, uh, in this picture, actually, he's found like a leather man too, which is pretty cool. But he find he looks like he found a in this one it's funny because there's a pull tab in this picture. There's a couple of tabs, you know, the pull handles from the modern cans that someone yanked off the can too. But there is a pull tab along with a lot of shotgun shell caps, 
And then the joke too is he always finds horseshoes because he's out in the woods in the south and fields in the south. And, you know, the, they, hundreds of years, they, they would pull the plows and stuff with horses. So there's a lot of shoes around the south. And he finds horseshoes in the rivers too. And it's funny because when he's metal detecting in the rivers, you don't think, like I don't think at least, that people throw stuff into rivers like when they're, they're throwing away garbage. But apparently in the south, it's... Uh, it's common to just throw your oven or your car parts or, you know, wheels from cars into the, oh, into the river. It's like, I don't understand it, but it's amazing all the stuff he finds. And he finds a lot of bottles, too. He's, he's like an um, antique bottle collector. He'll go into garbage dumps or when he finds a dump from a farm where the people bury their garbage, he's always looking for old bottles, cork top bottles and stuff. But one interesting thing that I discovered while I was researching for this show, because I, I try to do a little research, a little more than just what I know about um, something I like, just so I can be, have a little more authority when I'm talking. And it looks like Bo We Met, which I didn't even know how to pronounce his name till I found this thing tonight, because it's O-U-I-M-E-T-T-E, but I assumed it was We Met. But um, he... I guess he must have been doing, because this is from 2019, he must have been doing, because his, his Aqua Trigger channel is like 10 years old, and it's 2020 right now. So he was doing his Aqua Trigger channel, and the UK History Channel must have seen him and said, um, we want to team up with this other guy that I don't know who he is, but the site says um, it's Rick Edwards for a show called River Hunters, where they would go around the UK and hunt for treasure artifacts and things in rivers in, in the UK. And I don't see, uh, there's a UK history um, YouTube channel and there are some videos from um, river hunters on, U on YouTube, but um, it's all little clips. So it's not a whole show or a whole episode. So you don't get to see all that, but it's funny because Bo, or Aqua Chigger seems a lot more serious when he's on this River Hunter show, but he's kind of the comic relief kind of on the show because he's always joking around when he's doing his videos on the river or, you know, in the fields when he's doing his Aqua Chigger stuff and shoot because he shoots himself on all that either with a, um, a point and shoot video camera or a uh, now it seems like he does a lot of stuff with um, GoPros. And his camera works surprisingly good. If I had to shoot myself, I would be really stressed because I would be nervous that I'm in focus and things. And that's the nice thing about a uh, a GoPro is focus is fixed, I think. I don't think it auto-focuses, but it might. But I'm not that familiar with GoPros. I've used a couple, but um, not the current ones, a few generations back. So I'm, And it's been a while, so I'm not that... Uh, that up on GoPros, but he shoots himself and uh, he's always joking. It's like, I wonder how he does it because he'll be in the middle of nowhere by himself shooting himself and he's joking around and talking to the camera as if it were a person there with him and he's all by himself. I would think I would get creeped out being out in the South uh, by myself in the woods with some expensive equipment, finding 
treasure because he finds coins and stuff that are valuable and cannonballs and things from world from uh, the Civil War and he finds mini balls and um, musket balls the round balls from the Civil War so he finds stuff that I'm sure is is valuable and if he stumbled across the wrong person while he's doing this he could get robbed or worse but he seems pretty um, confident and he's a he's a veteran he's he was in the I wanted. I thought he was in the Marines, but it sounds like he was in the Army and he was stationed in Germany. So he talks about different. You know, he's knowledgeable about different types of bullets and bullet casings and things. So he's he seems pretty, um, pretty handy. Like he could take care of himself. And there are times where he says he doesn't have a gun with him, but I wonder if other times he does, because it just makes sense. I mean, he's he's got an expensive boat that he he takes out on the rivers, and he's got a five thousand dollar ish metal detector with Bluetooth headphones. Now, he used to have a cord hooked up when I first started, but now he's got wireless headphones. So he's got to be uh, taking some precautions because it's just not smart to take that stuff out in the woods and uh, not be able to protect yourself. So, but anyway, that's Aqua Chigger. Check him out on YouTube if uh, it sounds interesting to you. He is a really cool guy. He's funny. He's the kind of guy that... Um, his personality transcends what he's doing, even though it's amazing. Because I think he's, I thought I had read he's a, he's independently wealthy. He created a business, built it up and sold it for a lot of money. And now he's kind of retired. So this is what he does for enjoyment is metal detecting. And he's a hist- history guy, history buff, I guess you'd say, because he seems pretty knowledgeable. He finds, he finds homestead sites and he knows, you know, he finds the chimney pile where the chimney has collapsed and he can find the foundation or he looks for, you know, oyster shells in his part of the country. He says, if you find oyster shells in a field, then there's probably was a home there at one point. And, um, or he will find um, flowers planted somewhere and say, well, you know, these flowers were planted. This is the type of flower people would have, you know, during the Civil War era, park planted outside of their house. And so that means there was a house here. There's no, if you stand there and look around, there's no clue visually that there was a house there, but he knows there is one because of either the oyster shells or the flowers, or he will just start detecting. And he said, if there's a lot of iron in the ground, that means there was a house there probably. So it's just interesting. He He's impressive as a, as a person. He's impressive to me because he's so motivated to do this metal detecting and he does it as a, at a high level that, um, he's, he's kind of impressive in that way. You know, because he's not, he's a hobbyist, sure, but he's a very high level hobbyist, but he's pretty much a professional metal detectorist. Oh, that's the joke on detectorists too, is people will say, are you a metal detector? And they'll say, no, a metal detector is the equipment you use. We are metal detectorists. So that's why they called it detectorists, because it's kind of a joke. Hi, Gandalf. Our little baby is crawling on the, on the desk here. It's a little turkey. Hopefully he doesn't jump over the monitors and land on the mic here. Hi, baby. I now have, I used to have two monitors on my desk hooked up to the computer, and now I have four because I have two different computers hooked up. So he's just, he's still trying to figure out how to climb through monitors when there's a wall of monitors here blocking him. So poor guy. But any, anyway, that's the joke on detectorists is people will say, are you the metal detector? And they'll say, no, 
where the detectorists, if he's trying to shove his head through monitors and he can't get through. Sorry, Gandalf. He's a beautiful gray cat. That's why his name's Gandalf, because it's Gandalf the Gray. Um, and uh, so if you if you think it sounds interesting, please check out Aqua Chigger's site on uh, YouTube, Aqua Chigger, A-Q-U-A-C-H-I-G-G-E-R. He's an interesting guy. Um, I love watching his, he's, he likes, one thing he likes to do too is find caves in, in the South and he will explore caves too. That's another thing he likes doing. So, and he's also done where he's gone out West and, uh, like in Arizona and Texas and, and metal detected there. And, and to me, that's not as interesting, but, um, he almost looks for, you know, native American artifacts when he's out there more than metal stuff. But he has done some interesting stuff out there too. I, I prefer his civil war stuff to me just because I find it slightly more interesting than the Western stuff. But it's, it's all good. Like I said, he transcends what he's doing. He, he's, he's got a good personality. He's funny. He's entertaining. He is educational. So he's everything a good YouTube channel should be. So please check him out if uh, he sounds like something that would interest you. Also, back to detectorists, the, when I earlier referred to uh, two things that I watch on Roku, detectorists is now on the Roku channel on Roku. And it's like under TV shows or sitcoms or something, it says. So all three seasons, I'm not sure if the Christmas special is up there or not, but um, it's, it's on Roku now, so go. You know, if you have a Roku, go to the Roku channel, which is a really good channel. There's a lot of good stuff on there, um, and please look up the Detectorist because I think you'll enjoy it. You know, I don't get any money from any of this, so you know, I don't gain anything other than um, turning people on to something really cool. And I think uh, Aqua Chigger is really cool. And Detectorists on the Roku channel is really cool. Another thing, just uh, in passing, if you go to um, Amazon's channel on um, Roku, the the Prime, I guess it says Prime Video channel, there's a um, a series I love from, I think it was on Fox, called uh, Fringe. That's just an amazing sci-fi kind of, or SF. And when I had a sci- science fiction and fantasy fantasy and science fiction class in college the professor said um only nerds would call it um or or non-knowledgeable people would call science fiction sci-fi you're supposed to say sf is the in the know way to do it just like um you don't call tr- people who are fans of star trek trekkies because that's a derogatory term it's like you're putting them down you're supposed to call them trekkers I think he was the one that told me that too. He was a really cool guy and uh, learned a lot from him and got exposed to a lot of cool uh, writing because of him. It was more of a, of a fantasy and science fiction that was literature based. It wasn't, he didn't really do anything about movies or, or television, but um, so it's a, it's S, an SF show and they have that on prime, I think on the prime channel. And then also since we're talking Roku, since you mentioned it, <laughs> um, there's a new channel I just discovered called Midnight Pulp that is really cool. It's got a lot of really um, kind of alternative, zany 
stuff on there. I mean, I, I well, not all zany, but um, there's some real sleazy stuff on there too, which is kind of interesting. I want to try watching. But like, I watched a, a documentary on there about um, Godzilla, a kaiju documentary. It's really short and it's a little dry. Like a friend of mine was saying, it's kind of a dry documentary. It really gets into the um, atomic bomb origins of God, the Godzilla movies. Um, but there's a lot of cool stuff on here. I watched a documentary about Ray Harryhausen. Um, I watched another thing. I can't remember what it is now. Um, but you know, like the, the, there are a lot of movies on here that look interesting. Um, like the crazies from uh, George Romero, Samurai Cop. I've never seen, but I want to see. Um, just a lot of neat stuff. Suspiria. The, although not everything is free on here, though. It's like if you look closely, there's a little tab that'll be on the the thumbnail to show if it's if it's a pay thing. Because uh, most of the stuff there's a lot of cool stuff that's free, but there's a lot of stuff like Kaiju Aiga the. What is it? The Dawn of Kaiju Aiga is the documentary. Oh, The Search for Wang Wang was the other documentary. I'm not done with that yet. It's really interesting. I didn't think I was going to care that much because I saw a Wang Wang movie on on um, Cinema Insomnia with Mr. Lobo, which is a really good show. That's on Roku also on OSI 74 channel. I watched a movie, a Wang Wang movie called The Impossible Kid, I think it was. And it was neat. Wang Wang is really interesting to watch. He's so small. Um and he, he does his own stunts and everything. It's pretty cool. But uh, the search for Wang Wang is to, to the guy, a guy's trying, he goes to the Philippines to try to learn more about who Wang Wang was, what his real name was and everything. And I'm about a third of the way in and I didn't think it was going to do much for me. But um, it is really cool. I, I'm going to finish it definitely. But there's the Black Cat. That's a Fulci movie. I haven't seen that. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff on here, a lot of foreign and, you know, I guess you'd say um, cult stuff or uh, genre stuff, I guess you'd say. A lot of Asian stuff, too. But uh, I, I would say if you're in the mood for that kind of stuff, um, Midnight Pulp is a good channel on Roku to, to go to. There's a sh movie called Showgirls 2. I didn't know there was. A, that was my joke when I saw that. I didn't know there was a sequel. But I'm looking for something that has that tab on it, so I can tell you. That's how you tell if it's a, if it's a pay thing. I want to click on one. The visitor looks interesting too. I don't know why I'm not coming across stuff that's pay. It's like the other day I I found a bunch of stuff that isn't free. But. Uh, now everything I'm running into. Robot Carnival, that looks interesting. It's a lot of anime on here that looks like an anime. Uh, most popular. Maybe on the most popular I'll find something that is pay. Yep, no, everything seems to be free that I'm finding now. There was one, one layer that was uh, picks, you know, um, employee picks, and it seemed like there was a lot of Stuff that wasn't free on there. Let's see. I'm trying to find. I just want to let you know so you don't uh, go there and click on something. Say everything's cost money. It doesn't. But a lot of good stuff is free. But there's, and I'm not positive you have to pay for the stuff that has the tab. It's just um, you have to sign up or something for that. Oh, pulp. It says 
Vampiros Lesbos. Let's see. This video is restricted to registered users. Please log in or register and try again. So it could be, um, it might not be, might not cost you money. You just have to sign, you have to sign up to Midnight Pulp. But uh, it's a, oh, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, they have exclusive collections and there's one called Bad Science and it's got, um, um, what's his name? Re, uh, Re, Herbert West Reanimator, the, 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 uh, what's his name? Reanimator movie. Crap. What's his name? The director. Darn it. Hope you got to log in to do that one. Let's see. I didn't see the pulp on that one. So you got to log in to watch the reanimator movies. Stuart Gordon. There's horror express. Is that free? Yeah, that's free or, or without, without a, uh, a, uh, a uh, subscription or without having to put your information in, you can watch that. So if you're on Roku looking for something fun besides detectorists or fringe, you could go to midnight pulp, the midnight pulp channel. And, uh, I found it because there was a Joe Sarno documentary I wanted to watch. And it turns out I had already watched it, but I forgot the name of it. Um, like it's called the Sarno's a life and dirty movies or something. And, uh, I had already seen it, but I was, I forgot. And, uh, <laughs> and I rewatched it and, uh, I just searched for it on Roku and it turned up, it was on midnight pulp. And so that's, that's how I learned about midnight pulp a few days, actually a few days ago. It hasn't even been that long. So, um, if oh, old boys on there, I'll bet you that's a, that's a pay thing. Nope. That's free. So there I won old boy on a podcast 10 years ago at least and uh it's still sitting shrink wrapped on my shelf because it i've seen some clips from it and like it's a little too violent for my taste at least there's a part where he eats a live octopus at like a sushi place and i don't want to see that that just seems cruel to me um so anyway sorry to bring everyone down but uh Again, that was Detectorists. Check it out. I think you'll really enjoy it. And in the same vein, if you like Detectorists, look for Corner Gas. I think that's on that's on um, the that's also on the um, Amazon site. They have a thing called IMDb TV, which is their free the free part of stuff on Amazon's channel, and they have the Corner Gas. I think it's six seasons of the TV show. They have the Corner Gas movie that they made after the series ended. And they have, yeah, and then they have the animated series, which is more recent. And I think they're still making the animated series. I think there's two two seasons of the animated se- series, and um, there's a they're making a third, I want to say. So there. But you can watch that on the Amazon channel on IMDb TV, which is a channel kind of on the Amazon, on the Amazon um, Roku channel. So check out Detectorists. And if you like Detectorists and you like Seinfeld kind of corner gas is similar. I, it's, I think it's hilarious. Um, and then if, if you like that, of course, try finding Northern Exposure somewhere. I haven't, I haven't searched for Northern Exposure on Roku, but I doubt it's there because it, it seems like a, Northern exposure is not um, really common for some reason. I would think it would be huge. It was a, I thought it was a great show, but I'm going to, let me search on Roku right now and see 
slow. It's so slow searching R. I bet it might be on here for pay. You might be able to watch it for pay, but it's probably not on for free. But Roku has surprised me. There's some good stuff on Roku for free. So Northern should be getting there soon. This is exciting, eh? Listening to me click. Northern EX. Hopefully it'll just auto-finish. CBS develop, Developing Northern Exposure Revival. What is that? Free watch in HD. For nearly two years, this is from 2018, they've been discussing, it says, trying to hip-hop zone must be like um, entertainment news or something. I'll have to watch that and get back with you. Apparently they're going to bring it back and have Rob Morrow as the star, which surprisingly he was kind of like the Ted Danson of that show to me where everyone around him was more interesting than him, just like on Cheers. Everyone around Ted Danson on Cheers was you know more interesting and zany than him. But hopefully that's still happening, but it's, you know, it looks like it was posted in 2018, so I doubt it's still going to happen. But I think, you would think most of the cast is still alive. Holling and Maurice probably aren't, because they were the oldest. Oh, and, and Ruth Ann was there way, way older than all of them, so, um, so they're, those actors may not still be alive because they were older, you know, back then when the show was on. But so check out Northern Exposure if you can find it. I have some series um, box sets on DVD, but you don't see Northern Exposure on cable or on Roku. So be interesting. I haven't searched. Let me check really quick and see if there's anything Northern Exposure on YouTube. Watch Northern Exposure full episodes all seasons on www.watchnow.com. So I'm sure watch Northern Exposure TV, watch full shows online free. Northern Exposure full episodes. Wow, I never even thought to do this. And I'm sure it's probably not totally 100% legal on YouTube, but yeah, there's short clips of things from the show. It's not, it's like there's just um, clips from different episodes, not whole episodes, even though it did say Northern Exposure full episodes. Let's check out this um, www. Unlimited streaming with Prime Video. Trending now. So you got to go here and search. Let's see. Chili Movies. It's a C-H-I-L-I. Do you have Amazon Prime? No. So you got to have Prime to watch it for free. So it's weird that this chili video allows you to have, or makes you have to have Prime. But, um, no. So there. So that's not a, that's not true then. Um, 
but there must be somewhere on Prime for pay, there must be Northern Exposure. So if you have Amazon Prime, you could probably watch Northern Exposure there too. So give it a shot. It's actually really good. Give Aqua Trigger a shot. Um, watch Corner Gas. Try out Detectorist. Try Fringe. Fringes is for free on uh, on Amazon Prime or on the Prime channel on the IMDb TV channel on there. And there's some longer clips from Northern Exposure too. So there is some Northern Exposure content you can try on YouTube just to see if you like it. And then you can check out, I'm sure you could always check out the uh, DVDs from the library. So give it a shot. Who are you? Well, you know, I'm Rich from the Midnight Movie, and here's my co-host. You're poor. Who are you? I'm Denny. No, Big Den T. Big Den T. Big Den T. And I'm Little Terry G. Little Terry G. Li- oh, Little Terry G. Terry, oh. Terry No Thumb. Oh, Little Terry G. Terry No Thumb. This reminds me of like my one of my all-time, all-time. All-time. If you don't know the show, you'll find out. I have a lot of all-time favorites. Shut up. Yeah, we don't need that. We have enough of that in the radio. I have all-time favorites. This reminds me of one of my all-time campy classics, Tourist Trap. Well, if you don't know the show, you check out the midnightmovie.net. It'll catch you up to speed a little bit on what we are and what we do and when we do it. What we don't do. Now, I mentioned two things on Roku I've been watching. The other one is a show called The Midnight Movie. It's kind of a horror host show from Cleveland, but... It's not really horror hosts, it's more hosts. I'll read what they say on their Facebook page. Other than the standard explanation that we show old movies at midnight, the midnight movie is more than that. The simple way of describing us is we show cult movies to movies so bad they're good. Rather than have horror hosts made up, we have normal hosts. The movies themselves are from an era where movies were made for entertainment on a slim budget. There was a time in America that movie theaters would show main feature followed by a shorter second film referred to as the B-movie. The B-movie was typically a low-budget flick. This was before the internet and television. The staple of horror hosts were the cheaply made monster movies of the 50s and 60s. Yes, we like showing old movies, but not just any type of movie. During our eight years on cable, we showed classic Hollywood fare, to rare schlock drive-in movies. It was always our belief that the midnight movie referred to a time of day to show movies, but the type of movies, cult movies that are, depending on your age, scary and funny. For older viewers, the movies represented an early time, a better time. For younger viewers, the movies could be a source of humor or how crude movies were back in Grandpa's day. No matter how you feel about cult movies, B-movies, or schlock movies, you watch for one reason or another. The Midnight Movie embraces all movies, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now, I ran across these guys because people were talking about them online because they had had the ghoul on in the past, and the ghoul is um, a horror host that I grew up with when I was a kid in the 70s and into the 80s, and uh, so I, I... sought them out because people were were going on and on online about how um, the Midnight Movie Show had had the ghoul on. And um, I discovered that they are now a uh, show that airs on Roku. And let me see, what is the... The channel is called, I think it's Betamax TV. 
I want to make sure before I confirm that it is on Roku is called Betamax TV and they put a new one up every week it seems like a new episode the one right now is called The Beginning of the End um, that's the movie they're showing um, it's pretty cool I've been watching that uh, episode as I've been producing the show this week and uh, it's kind of neat to see them there in a, a uh, an internet radio studio in Cleveland and I think it's called Karma Radio and they're being interviewed in this episode what they do it's kind of like when you watch a horror host show um, they they'll do skits sometimes but a lot of the show is just the host sitting around in the studio and kind of interacting and it's almost like you're hanging out with your friends and, and uh, kind of messing around <laughs> while watching a movie and uh, they'll kind of tease each other and joke around and uh, the the host's names are, are Rich is the one of the main hosts and Triv is the other main host and then they have um, they call them the sidekicks on their website Denny and Terry G and then um, there's also another guy named Don who they say is is a past member of the show but he's still on skits so but he also does um, something on Betamax TV I think it's called Don's Breakfast Serials where he shows movie serials um, so I haven't I've watched uh, one of them I think but it's been a while so I don't remember a lot about it but he seems like a pretty cool guy so uh, check that out on, on Betamax TV if, uh, if it sounds interesting to you. Now, it sounds like the Midnight Movie has been around for quite a while because um, I found it's like some clips from the show. Like on Daily Motion, there's a clip from the show that's 10 years old. And then there's a YouTube page called... TMM Rocco, so it's the movie, the Midnight Movie Rocco, and Rocco's the guy who produces the show, who does the, who directs it and and edits it, I think. And there's there are clips on that YouTube page that are 12 years old. I think it's even older than that. I think this show's about 20, been going for about 20 years on public access or something like that, local origination in the Cleveland area. And I think this is, um, Rich and Triv are like the latest hosts of the show. But I think Rocco has been um, producing the show all along, creating the show. And there's also something on YouTube called, um, it's uh, Midnight Movie Pods, where they started doing kind of short um, pieces and they were doing a podcast for a, I saw one episode of their podcast on YouTube, but I haven't seen that since. And there was a clip on their Facebook page about the podcast, but when I click it, the link didn't work. So I'll have to look for that. But um, the show is called The Midnight Movie. They're on Betamax TV on Roku, and they also have a a bunch of videos of the uh, clips, well, actually entire shows on their, um, on their Vimeo channel. So if you go to Vimeo and search the midnight movie, or I think if you just go to Google and search the midnight movie, you can find their Vimeo channel. And then they do have, like I said, on this Rocco, T M M Rocco, T M M R O C C O 
YouTube channel, there are old shows and entire shows. Like he'll put the show up with the slate at the beginning of the show. So it's kind of like a, it's a not for air version. It's a, you know, it's the one they would send to the cable company to show the show. And it's pretty cool. Um, but I've been watching them for at least a year now and they, they show some interesting movies. They'll show some stuff that's a little rough, <laughs> but, um, it's all fun. And I have to admit that there are times on Roku that I will just shuttle through the movie to get to the next, um, host segment, um, which is natural. I mean, when, when you watch OSI 74 and, and, uh, and Mr. Lobo makes you make the pledge, the Incinema Insomniac pledge that you won't shuttle through a movie, the movie, um, I have to admit, on on OSI 74 and on the movie, um, the Midnight movie, I am guilty of sometimes shuttling through. But with some of these movies, it's, it's understandable. They're a little rough. But plus, you want to get to the next segment, the next show segment. So that's always been on horror hosts or any movie host show. The the host segment has always been the reason why you tune in, not the movie. Occasionally they'll show a good movie, like on Sven Gulli, he'll show a good movie and you want to watch the movie. But a lot of times on Sven Gulli, I, I DVR the movie or the show and I shuttle through the movie just to watch Sven Gulli. And a lot of times it's not, especially on Sven Gulli, it's not because it's a bad movie. It's a movie a lot of times that you've seen a bunch of times. So it's, you know, for various reasons you shuttle <laughs> and on, on these guys' show, you know, sometimes it's some iffy movies, but I've watched, I've sat through some iffy movies on the midnight movie that turned out to be pretty good. Ones, you know, made for TV movies or things that you weren't sure if they were going to be good and they were fun. So, um, you could do much worse than watching these guys. Um, it's like I said, it's, it's like a bunch, you and a bunch of your friends sitting around watching a movie because they, they, they will, um, kind of mess or, you know, tease each other. Um, they will tell stories about, or give facts about the movie, kind of like Spengoli does. And, um, it's just all fun. And it's surprising how the Cleveland area, it has such a rich history of horror hosts or movie hosts because, you know, they have Goulardi and, um, who was that? There was a guy before Goulardi. I can't remember his name, like a rockabilly kind of DJ guy who hosted movies. And then, you know, Goulardi's the big guy. And then the ghoul and Big Chuck and Little John and Big Chuck and Houlihan. So it's like they have the history and then Son of Ghoul uh, too. Um, but nowadays they even have, they have a bunch of people still. Like I said, Don's Breakfast Cereals is Cleveland. Midnight, the Midnight Movies guys are Cleveland. Um, um, the mummy and the monkey are Cleveland. Uh, you can check them out. Um, they have a YouTube channel and, uh, on Facebook every Friday night, they do a live show called the mummy and the monkeys, hairy, scary hangout, which is really fun. Um, I haven't watched, they, they archive the shows for you to go back and watch later. I haven't really done that much. I really like for their show, the excitement of the live show. You never know what's going to happen. And they show, you know, the same kind of movies. Everyone's showing public domain movies because no one has any kind of a budget, you know. 
So, but so so kind of keep that in mind when you when you go into these shows that they're going to show movies that you know like Night of the Living Dead that you've seen a bunch of times, or movies that you never heard of because they're free to show because they're public domain. But uh, you could do much worse than watching the Midnight Movie. They're a bunch of really good guys. I emailed them, and Dennis. Uh, replied and he sent me a uh, Denny he replied and sent me a, a midnight movie um, bumper sticker which I want to put on my car but the car is getting close to a hundred thousand miles so I'm sure we'll be getting a new one soon so I don't don't want to waste my midnight movie bumper sticker on it and I wish I hope that this year um, in October I can get to Cleveland for Goulardi fest and meet these guys because they seem like a really good bunch of guys. You know, the way that this uh, virus crap's going on, we may not be around by October, but uh, I'm crossing my fingers that everything will, will um, you know, eventually turn out okay and uh, and I can make it to Cleveland to meet these guys this year because uh, it would be really cool. And I want to get, I'd like to get a Midnight Movie t-shirt too. Reaching critical mass. Six minutes until he blows. Order all remaining craft to retreat. Well, I finally got my first 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. It is Godzilla King of the Monsters, and I have nothing to play it on because all I have are DVD players and Blu-ray players. Uh, but I have it. Um, I got it at a library sale for two dollars or for a dollar i think i got it for i think it was marked two dollars but everything was half off it's still wrapped shrink wrapped and it's got the slip case on it so um special features experience a world of stunning special effects or stunning visual effects, secret monarch locations, and Godzilla mythology behind the ultimate battle of titans. A bunch of other stuff. Commentary by director Michael D- Doherty. Doherty. Executive producer Zach Shields and actor O'Shea Jackson Jr. Plus deleted scenes. Let's see, for the complete 4K Ultra HD experience with HDR, you need a 4K Ultra HD TV with HDR, an Ultra HD Blu-ray player, and high-speed HDMI Category 2 cables, Ultra HD Blu-ray. So I don't have any of that, but I do have an Ultra HD disc. And like I said, it's still shrink-wrapped and has the slip case on it. It's a pretty little disc case and um and uh package at least. But it won't be played for a long time because I don't have um an ultra 4K ultra HD uh player. Somewhere I have the Blu-ray version of this. I think it's Blu-ray. Crap. I don't know where it is. Um, but, uh, I can watch that 
but I can't watch this. And that was a dollar also, but that's opened. So um, even though um, they both were a dollar, this one, oh, there it is, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Hold on. I'm going to have to climb up on the shelf, um, pause for a second, and um, if I fall, it'll sound hilarious. Hold on. Hmm, it might only be DVD. It might not even be Blu-ray, my other version of it. Yeah, it is. I have a DVD of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, that was a dollar. And then I have the 4K Ultra HD, so I don't even have Blu-ray of it. But um, I do have the Ultra, 4K Ultra HD. Oh, you know what, though? The 4K Ultra HD said it says it also includes the Blu-ray plus digital code, and I'm sure the digital code will be, by the time I ever open this, the digital code will be meaningless. But So I do own a Blu-ray copy of Godzilla King of the Monsters, but it's still shrink-wrapped, so I will end up watching it on regular DVD. <laughs> and I have not seen... Um, Godzilla King of the Monsters um, a few minutes ago I watched some uh, clips from the movie and it looks pretty good although I was disappointed because I was looking for a Godzilla um, uh, what would you call that a gross, his sound his that's not even close but um, you know the Godzilla signature um, scream or call or battle cry or whatever you call it and uh I couldn't find it. I don't know if he does that even, because I haven't seen that much of the previous Godzilla movie, and I avoided, I saw a little bit of the Godzilla movie, I mean, not the Godzilla, the King Kong movie on um, cable, and it just didn't, it didn't catch my interest, because Godzilla, or I mean, King Kong, just seemed too mean, like, like you sympathize with King Kong in the original and in the 70s version even, because Godzilla is, he's a little goofy, he's hes mean, but kind of goofy, and then um, when you see him in the Peter Jackson version, he's a little too mean, so I didn't connect with him. It's just like the new Planet of the Apes movies, um, I can't connect with any of the apes because they, they just look so mean and uh, vicious, some of them even, the gorilla looks really tough, that it's, I can't empathize with them like in the original Planet of the Apes movies, or even the, um, what's the guy's name, the crap who remade um, Planet of the Apes. I have his face in my head. He's the Beetlejuice guy. Um, <laughs> I can't even remember his name. Uh, darn it. Sorry, Jay. I can't type lately. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. The Tim Burton um, playing the apes. I could still empathize with the apes because even though the gorillas were pretty scary, they, the gorillas in the original movies were a little scary too. They they did them a little too um, mean looking too. But overall, uh, I could empathize with the apes in the Tim Burton and in the original Planet of the Apes and in the TV series. But... Um, in the new ones, I just, they're just too mean looking and I just, I root for the humans and against them because they get, 
they look too mean. And that King Kong in the new King Kong didn't interest me. He just seemed too violent for my taste. And, uh, the Godzilla one, the Godzilla looks too bulky and thick in these new movies. And he just doesn't, he seems too mean. He, like the original Godzilla's, uh, the Toho stuff, um, Godzilla's a little goofy. I mean, even sometimes he has like these cookie monster eyes even. <laughs> and he's kind of fun. Whereas um, in this new one, even um, Shin Godzilla, he didn't look as mean to me. I saw that in the theater. And the only negative of that was the subtitles flew by so fast I couldn't tell what was going on at times because they would have a graphic at the bottom saying like the location of the movie or the scene and a time or something then at the top or somewhere they'd have the the text of what the person was saying and it was just it was impossible to keep up so um and as I get older it's worse you know you know how it is as you get older it's harder to keep up with the subtitles of anything although I just watched a movie called Tankers which is a Russian tank movie in Russian and it, it's set in World War II, and it shows um, Russian tanks battling German tanks. And it's I think it's pretty good. its I wouldn't say it's amazing. That movie, uh, Fury, the uh, Brad Pitt tank movie, is probably, for the most part, visually better, but too violent for my taste. This one, the gore is a lot less than in Fury. And... But it's it's pretty good. It's the the acting is okay. I mean, it's in Russian, and you're reading the, all of the dialogue, so you can't really tell necessarily. There's kind of a really bad soccer scene where they play soccer, and it's it's too small of a area, so you can't really tell what's going on. Um, but the tank footage is really amazing. It's like they have these. I don't know if they're real old Russian and. German tanks or recreate, you know, or they built like replicas or something, but they blow up a lot of tanks in this movie. It is really well done. It's a, I don't know when the movie was even made. It's, it has like an almost a 90s, 80s, 90s feel to it. Uh, let's see. I keep looking everything up. I'm sorry. Let's see what year it was. Tankers. Uh, tells the real story of the feat of the crew of a Soviet KV-1 tank under the command of Semyon Konovalov, which took part in, in an unequal battle on July 13, 1914, and destroyed 16 tanks, two armored vehicles, and eight vehicles from enemy forces in the area of the village of Nizhinemitek. <laughs> I'm sorry, a really long Russian name of a city, um, but it's they they kick butt. It's really good. It's it's well, I I would say it's good. I wouldn't say it's fantastic. Oh, it, was, it came out in 2018, October 25th, 2018. It was re- released in Russia. This is a new movie. I didn't know that. It's on YouTube for free. I you know. Hopefully, it's not that too illegal that I watched it on YouTube, but. Um, it's good. I, the acting is decent. Every all the actors are likable, if nothing else. Um, the the visually, it's well done. It's just um, a little clunky because it's uh, in another language. So I I couldn't, un, you know, you know, it's a very visual movie, and you find yourself looking down to read the title, the subtitles, you know. 
So I, I'm not anti-subtitle, but if if there's a lot of dialogue, you're going to miss a lot of the visuals. So I guess you know people would say stop crying and watch the movie a second time then, uh, which I wouldn't mind watching this again. It's a pretty good movie called Tankers. Um, as of right now, it's on YouTube for free. So, um, I, I would recommend people, um, searching it out because it's, uh, it's not a bad movie and, uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. So I would say if you like war movies at all, um, check this one out. Like I had just watched the day before on YouTube, the, um, 79 version of the Red Badge of Courage with Richard Thomas and Ernest Borgnine and Patricia Neal. And the guy who plays, you know, Ian Holm, I guess it's the guy who plays the Hobbit in Lord of the Rings, not the ones that go on the quest, but Bilbo. And uh, it was really good. Uh, but as I was, guess I was in a military mood then after that one. Ernest Borgnine was really good in that movie too. It, he really shows why he's uh, known, why he's famous for acting because he uh, he steals every scene he's in. Richard Thomas is great, but he's understated because that's pretty much his what his character is supposed to be. But Ernest Borgnine just steals the movie whenever he's on screen. But um, I watched that, and then the next day I was in a military mood and watched Tinkers, and uh, I'm glad I did because it is a really good movie. Today, it's like I now that we're self-social distancing and all this stuff, I've um, been watching a lot of movies, like a movie a day lately, last almost week today i watched my man godfrey which is so good and i i had only seen um like the last third of it i caught on tcm and when i saw it on on youtube i figured i would watch it watch the whole thing because i don't know how it started and the um it stars Oh, crap. What's it? William Powell, the th- guy from the Thin Man movies. And he's just such a likable actor, you know? He He's so likable. And I guess Carol Lombard is the, the blonde, I think, in it, who, who is in love with him through the movie, and then he ends up marrying at the end. Yeah, Irene, she plays. And it was weird because I watched it on... Let me look up that what that was called... It's a, a site that has all of these these colorized movies, you know. They're not necessarily that well colorized, but um the whole site, it's it's oh come on. It's a site called TCC Timeless Classics Now in Color. <laughs> and uh it's the the colorization isn't necessarily that good. At times you it, it it is good, and other times it's it's a little rough. So this colorization process is not perfect, but I'm starting to become a fan of of some colorization. Like I really like the Night of the Living Dead um, colorization. I think it's kind of interesting seeing it again in color. And I think I saw Last Man on Earth in color. Last Man on Earth, yeah, with with um, Vincent Price in color, and they have that on this site. Um, and it was it was decent. There was another I can't remember which one. There was another movie that I saw colorized that um I thought it, it felt like a different movie watching it in color. So it was interesting. So I'm definitely I'm not opposed to colorization. I think um it may um get 
some people to watch a movie that wouldn't watch a movie in black and white. So I think it has its place and it definitely doesn't, you know, it doesn't eliminate the black and white version. So if you want to watch the black and white version, um, you can still, you know, so I'm not, I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but this site is, it's on YouTube, search TCC dash timeless classics now in color. And, uh, you can watch these movies. There's a, there's, I don't know, 50 movies on here, something 25, 30 movies. I can't tell, but, um, it's fun. And they're categorized by different actors in, in, on one page. And then I think on the home page, And then if you go to videos, I think it's just all much mixed together. There's a bunch of Basil Rathbones is the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, Randolph Scott, Vincent Price, William Powell, and then a bunch like uh, Father's Little Dividend with uh, Spencer Tracy, a bunch of Errol Flynn movies. So it's it's very, it's cool. There's Humphrey Bogart, Beat the Devil. Um, you know, if you, if you hate colorization, don't watch, don't, don't do it, please. But um, I think it, it's, there are times where it's right on. It, it it looks really cool, but other times it's like everything's orange, <laughs> you know. So I don't know what this colorization process is. This TCC Timeless Classics now colorized colorization process, but um, I have not minded some of the colorized stuff I've seen on other movies. And this this site looks kind of interesting. So um, please check it out if so interested and. Uh, with that, I will see you next time in the dark room. Hold your breath.